And we're live guys, welcome to the show, it is the Pro Wrestling Rewind, uh, show 32, and of course if you're listening to this on Phoenix 92.5 FM, welcome, but you should be listening to this live every th- every Tuesday at 6pm over on Nerd to Know Media and YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff, not on Mixer, because Mixer's gone and Dave is still sad about it. So, we don't know where we're supposed to go and watch our it, guy, man. Exactly, exactly. Where are we supposed to see him? Exactly. But this week we have uh, we have a special guest. So Dave, do the honors and introduce our guest of the week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, this week, I'm so excited that he's our first guest as well. A longtime co-host with me back on the Teacher's Lounge many, many a year ago. Mr. V over here, how have you been doing? I've sir? been doing well. Uh, quarantined. Yeah, quarantine's quarantine. Yeah, it's and by the way, it's a great day for wrestling, everybody. Welcome back to the only show hosted by people that don't hate wrestling. It's fantastic. <laughs> it is fantastic. And I tell you know, after last week's show where we we had very unkind words to say about the current product, it was nice <laughs> to go back and look at a pay-per-view from a did time where wrestling was fun and still fun, but uh, it's definitely of its time. And, you know, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Within the first couple of minutes of watching King of the Ring 1998, you see the best sign in the history of the world, <laughs> <laughs> which uh, is super fun. But yeah, like I have to say, from 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 top to bottom, uh, this show was interesting. Um, I did want to quantify the statement by of the greatest lay ever told, which you'll get into of the Hell in a Cell match. I don't know. I might be starting to disagree with you. I'm curious when we get well, to that. Point. Yeah, like it's I, I you know we'll see what's up, but um definitely re-watching the show I'm glad we did because there was a lot of the stuff that I forgot um, and other stuff that I remembered because I actually first time I saw this pay-per-view I rented it I rented the VHS so I didn't actually see this live I think I saw a year or two out from when it was you know when it, when it was on but um, V this was in your neck of the woods so what, what was it like for someone who actually like you know was was caught was older then and actually able to experience this in the area like yeah Dave yeah. was calling you old how do you feel about that uh i was well, eight i was eight so i'm assuming you're older than eight, you're, you're both eight. <laughs> i was yeah. i was 17 when that happened i yeah. was 17 years old so wow. i'm 39 right now um i just remember it was just nostalgia it was there was the monday night wars it was wwf versus wcw and it was kind of like starting to become the turning point of this yeah and this pay-per-view kind of started like a little bit of a closing of the gap before Mick Foley eventually won his title and then then the WWF took it. But this happened in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, it's about, uh, about 30 minutes from where I live, 25, 30 minutes. Uh, the old, they called it Civic Arena then. Uh, if For your listeners, it's the home of the NHL's Pittsburgh Penguins, or was. Mm. Um, and uh, it always You're welcome had... Ireland for the high key reference. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it was um, it was just we were just so excited because it was Undertaker, Mankind, and and uh, one thing that um, not many people remember, Mankind. It's kind of like a 
was kind of like a favorite around here. He was trained around this area. Yeah. Um, oh. by uh, Dominic Danucci. Actually, um, if it was at Freedom, Pennsylvania, that's about 15 minutes from where I live, and um, about all this. So it's like right in my neck, my neck of the woods here. And um, we were excited. We were pumped. It's the Attitude Era, you know. Um, everything deep. was everything was getting hot. Everything was getting hot then. Deep into the Attitude Era. So nineteen ninety eight was like you know we're in the trenches yeah. at this time. Mm. Uh, it's weird though because like I uh, the background is interesting in this because it kind of got lost. Like a lot of this stuff got overshadowed by what happened on on the card. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like it's just it, it's interesting to kind of go back and try to put yourself and that's the good thing about the network you can kind of look at the the raw beforehand and like it's weird because all the feuds like it didn't make sense like as I, when I was watching this card like uh, the, show, the show was great up until the last two matches and then it kind of fell apart because it didn't really make sense um, I what did you do you guys think The Undertaker versus Mankind was justified in Hell in a Cell do you think that should have been a title match you know that's interesting because I'm I've always been an ardent supporter of the fact that the title match should always go on last. Mm. But then you watch this pay per view and you watch what they had planned and then things that weren't planned that happened. But the things even that they did had planned should have put it at the top of the card just for safety's sake. Like what, what if they had to like end the show early because something had happened? I mean, we would learn a year later that the show would go on no matter what. But. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 an odd placement on the card, but how could you have it any place else than Hell in a Cell? Well, I, I mean, mean, it's defined the genre. Well, what I mean is, it's like would because it's it's weird actually in the whole because the commentaries was great, but with the context that made it was even more interesting when you go back. So like the main feud here wasn't really Mankind versus the Undertaker. It was like. Mm -hmm. Mankind versus Stone Coast sorry um, The Undertaker versus Stone Coast Steve Austin with Mankind and Kane as the proxy yeah that's exactly what I kind of sort of remember um, <laughs> but it's just it's weird that like Austin and Undertaker never didn't have that match or yeah. that you know they didn't just drop the belt to The Undertaker and then let him have it, the blow off of Mankind because they kill each other in this match for no reason that's like the biggest problem with it I've, I've found it's for the fans man it's for the fans fully got fully got what his contract because he jumped off his roof onto some mattresses like come on now this had to happen at some point yeah but what I mean is like the story that, and we, we've, we've talked about this several times on the, uh, a defining feature of Russo's WWF is that all the story? Like the whole card told the story, right? So yes. it, they, everything kind of tied into each other, and the first part of the card like really did. Like it was really, really enjoyable from the very beginning. It all kind of and it helped that it was King of the Ring as well, so you know had a natural true line. But once the Undertaker Mankind stuff happened, it kind of swapped and became its own little show. So the last what forty mm. minutes of the show is its own separate thing. I just feels very disconnected from the rest of the show for some reason. Did you guys get that? Well, I got, I got a question for you mm. on that point. I yeah. mean, we always talk about how, it's, oh, it's the greatest lie ever told and blah, blah, blah. This was only a minute longer than the actual main event itself. Like, we act yeah. like nothing happened for 10 minutes at a time. But when I was watching it, 
that was my preconceived notion when we had talked about it a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And when I went back and watched it this time, I realized, wow, they actually were doing things the entire time. Like that was drama, emotion, and very impactful. There was no lulls. There, uh, there was. There was very, very big lulls at certain points. The first big drop when Foley went off the top of the cage, there mm. was like a lot of laying around for like ten minutes. With the with the medics and the referees and uh, Terry Funk coming down, like it filled those lulls. Plus, also, what what do you expect? Like they kept me entertained when I could have turned it off and gone, "Well, he's dead. Okay, let's move on." Well, like it's something that you wouldn't see nowadays. That's what that way because you know you'd want oh. to, you, you'd want to move from spot to spot to spot. This was a very kind of like the way the W and the reason why I say it's a great slayer ever told is because the way the WWE present it is not the way it was and I know that's the way history is in general but WWE present it as like it was this epic match that ended with McFoley going off the top of the cage it's like no that's literally no, no that's, that's the opposite yeah. of what happened I see that I see I see your I point you. I see your point now I about you. that um, I mean you're wrong I remember, but I get you all well, no, I the, remember the, is oh god <laughs> sorry no like it's just that's go the ahead. way that's the way they present it they present it as being this epic encounter and look the match itself got really good after Foley went through the second, went through the top of the cage, and he had a bit of a match. But it's just like when you watch it through the lens of WWE, it's completely different to the way it actually was. That that's the oh, way how about how about the lens of somebody who was seventeen at the time? Yeah, you, what, do you, what, 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 what do you think? Yeah, what do you think about? It? Like I said, it was the Attitude Era. Uh, um, and we were all excited because we thought this is all part of the show. And, and um, when we were to see, uh, whether it be on TV or in the audience, uh, Mick Foley or Mankind falling off the cage, I mean, we thought that's part of the act. Mm. And then that, like, we thought, okay, this isn't, this is part of it. This is, this isn't staged or anything like that. This is exciting because we never really saw that before. Like, you watch the current product, you'll see people flying off of. 20 foot ladders but we really never saw someone fly off a 16 foot cage land perfectly on their back onto a expansion out stable and um life like it was it was a dull moment it was a lull moment because you're getting everything checked out you see the undertaker getting drastically up while he's still on the cage he's the, they raised it up mm. i think it was just for the yeah. for the thing and and you could see it's like wait what's going on here he's like, um but uh and we thought this was still part of the show and we thought it was we were like is this over and then all of a sudden mick comes back out goes back to the top and that's when it was from what my friend's perspective and from what my perspective when i was watching it was the biggest pop in that match was when they both came back up to the cage yeah that's what i mean that, um, yeah that's when it kind of because we're like they're going round two mm. and then when when he got choke slammed through oh we were we couldn't believe what we saw because we thought was this going on? And and Mankind was not in this match after that. He was whatever he was doing was just sheer guts. I just he had a decent this, match. this match should have been <laughs> this match should have been over after the choke slam. Yeah. But but man, what a what a spectacle! It, it really to me elevated this this um, character of Mick Foley, and it was just and then um, then you see the second part of the show, like you mentioned. The main, the main event with um, Ken and Austin and Mankind coming back out and just doing something, and we'll probably talk about that later, but what a zany, zany uh, part of the card after after the yeah, match took place. 
Yeah, the fact that mankind was able to run in on the next match yeah. was yeah. absolutely insane. <laughs> I, can, I don't know how that happened. There's a couple of things about it that was weird um, and stuff you wouldn't see nowadays. It's just like China is all over the card for some reason. Like, it's like she's just hanging out and she's like, go on, you go, 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 go. And then McFoley's just hanging around. It's like, okay, this is really weird. Like, the whole show felt like it was it was what was great about it was it felt like it was anything could happen like literally anything yeah. could happen and you kind of got that feel it was a lot more fun um the like this event as a whole but like the hell in a cell match i don't know i i i respect it for what they did there's been much better matches after it but mm. i would i don't know i'm still just kind of like going back and watching it but i i I think it's solely because of what WWE do where they like fully just pump it down as, and they build it up as this awesome match and then you're watching and you're like yeah it's alright you know I just like I wish they didn't do that you know here's I got, one I, thing I really I'll let you go I, I, I totally get Darius' point um, when I I went back to my old vintage note taking if you can see that mm. good lord um, it's, it's two pages oh fair there's and, so, uh, so many notes I have my notes here on my screen and because there's so much on the show. I thought, from a memory perspective, everyone remembers what happened with Mick Foley when he fell down twice. Yeah. But not many people remember what happened after the the aftermath if you're just a casual wrestling fan. The thumbtacks. And, um, and uh, like I said, I gave it two different grades. Oh, like I for, have guys, just that one. <laughs> <laughs> for, for, like, the wrestling itself, I was like, yeah, it was average, a little above average, just because of the way Mick kind of, like, was absolutely insane mm. um, continuing on but from a memory standpoint it's one of the most memorable matches I've ever encountered whether despite the fact it was in Pittsburgh yeah. and despite that like people have seen this that I that I recollect and from what I watch I mean like it's, to me it's like matches that I remember you know Wrestlemania 3 Savage and uh, Steamboat um, and then some of the obscure ones and and somewhere in that memory bank, I'll always remember that Hell in a Cell between uh, but, Mankind. But and... my question would be, yeah, if it wasn't for those big spots, would you remember it? If it was just, um, to be honest, I probably wouldn't. It would just a be straw man movie. argument. What are you doing? It's not a straw man argument. It's literally yeah. that was it. And here's the thing: Vince actually didn't want those spots to happen. Now, to be fair, to choke slam through the cage, that wasn't supposed to happen. They were supposed to bounce back up. That was that wasn't planned. But the actual initial throwing them off, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously that was script, that was planned and scripted. But like, it's funny that the one spot that everybody remembers of it's basically a, ta- a match of one spot, which it shouldn't be, because I actually quite enjoyed the match after the spots. Yeah. Um, yeah. and what, what kind of bugs me is that people only remember for this one moment, and it's like, you probably shouldn't, you know. But look, it is what it is. It is hey, what, what bothered is. me is the fact that. The Smash announce table didn't have enough courtesy to remove those really hard TV monitors off the oh, table. Yeah. Did, look, I was watching that, and the poor Spanish announcer was like, "Oh my god, it actually happened!" And he's like this in the corner. So I was like, "I think <laughs> I didn't even think he was wait was ready for it." You know, it happens very quick compared to like you know when we saw Shane go off it with the Undertaker, where he had mm-hmm. a bit of time to kind of go. This was right. like literally off you go, and again, like I don't think they talked. It's very sudden, which I mean, if they me. did, if and it could have went wrong in so many levels. Oh yeah. I mean, how he landed it, I mean, was the best way you could really land. 
a little bit, like maybe three inches away, his legs would hit the railing. Yeah. Maybe two inches to the right, he would have knocked the color commentator out. I mean, I don't know if you saw, like, after he falls down, you see the color commentator, like, look in startled belief and then just flop over. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that one, but I was like, oh, my gosh. This could have ended so bad. But the more I watch it, the more I'm amazed of how, you know, it it was landed the best way it could have. To be fair, I knew, like, Foley's at this point in his career is probably the only guy who could take that spot. Yeah, in the way that he did, because uh, you know, based on what he built his career doing, but you know, uh, again, I, I will say this though, because you you want to say that this match had no purpose. You want to say that it took like it, I didn't it was say out I had, of place. I didn't say well, I had well, no. Hold on. Pur- I didn't say I had no Here, purpose. Here's my point. Go on. My point is that because this match was so out there, and just use hand sanitizer. Yeah. That's awesome. I, 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 um, it's it's a habit. It's a it's Fair. just a little contact. I'm, I'm an okay. I'm a I'm a neat freak. You got yeah. you got me off on a weird tangent. Anyway, so no one of the things that I loved about this is that it. Um, and if you're not watching the video version and you're on audio, you don't know what you just missed. So make sure you check out our YouTube channel. But what they were able to do with this was set up for the premise of the main event, which was if Kane loses, he's going to set himself on fire and they had <laughs> gas cans all around the ring. Because after everything that happened in Hell in a Cell, my reaction was, oh, maybe they will set him on fire. Clearly everything's on the table tonight. Yeah. yeah. So I think that they, they, they made they, added legitimacy to that yeah. being a possibility. And that's probably why they did it. Like, to be fair, it's it, like we laughed and we made, we had some great lulls at the, you know, I versus I match last week because it's so <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. But in, but in this time period, yeah, maybe <laughs> you know, maybe yeah, maybe you know. All right, you know. Um, but yeah, like I, I would say if you haven't seen The Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in a Cell match, definitely watch it. But try to remove the WWE lens from your from your vision, and then just take it for what it is. As you said, Dave. There's lots of drama going on with the doctors and Terry Funk coming in and checking on him. Um, but yeah, I just think it suffers from the, the... You know what it suffers from? The exact same thing that the Bret, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Iron Man match suffers from. The exact okay. same thing. What, Triple H wasn't in it? Well, that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason why it was bad, obviously. Um, I will have to say Triple H didn't ref- wrestle on this show, but he did do color commentary, so I was happy mm-hmm. enough. Um, some fantastic sunglasses. Those sunglasses. I don't. Whoa! It, I just, it was a knife for sunglasses. Everybody yeah. wore the worst sunglasses you could possibly imagine. <laughs> it's like they must have had a box of them. It's like out you go. I just couldn't believe. Like you look at how he was talking at the announce table in 1998. Hard to believe. 22 years later, he's running pretty much number two in command in the WWE right now. Mm. Oh so yeah. Some of those things. I was like, whoa. <laughs> but uh, he's the future. <laughs> Well, you know, all they, they should just give him a belt to walk around with. Doesn't he look better with a belt? Just coming out to do color commentary, Dave. I'm not. I'm not even. <laughs> <doing that. laughs> I'm social distancing myself so, away from your point. From my point. Uh, all right. Well, let's go back to the beginning, right? So let's, let's go back. I, I oh, love. Wow. I love the opening match. It was so much fun, and I wasn't expecting to like any of this. So the master. So the headbangers. I always kind of liked. Takamichi Noku, great worker. Kai and Tai, I forgot that Kai and Tai was a bigger group. So I was like, oh yeah, all the lads. And he had like a really, really fun little seven minute match. It was it was a really nice yeah. way to start the show. Like, with a wrestling match. 
that was actually really good in the attitude era. It's crazy. You know, one of the things that stood out for me for me about that match is we look at high flying spots today mm. and go, oh wow, those are crazy. I wish people had been doing this twenty years ago. But Taka did some insane like no handed springboard yep. crossbody to the outside. And I was like, wait a minute, they have been doing these moves. It's just there was a period yeah. where you weren't allowed to and we kind of forgot. But yeah, because wow. it, it was more about the storytelling than the actual in ring stuff. Comment here from Munster Mutt, I enjoy Dave's commitment to always having a relevant background image. You're very welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, yeah, um, but okay. Almost like we plan these shows. Exactly. Highlight of the night, go guys. Right. So King of the Ring was coming up, right? And um, obviously that was. And I knew Ken Shamrock won, but I was kind of like, oh wait, did The Rock win King of the Ring? No, he didn't win this one. I don't even know if The Rock did win King of the Ring. I don't think he did. I don't um, think he won it either. I don't think I couldn't remember who won or not, so I was in suspense for this one. But Ken Shamrock is I, I like I have to say I found myself marking really hard for Ken Shamrock because I'm like he's so good. Like it's actually horrible to think that they just did nothing with him in the long run, you know. Um, but I was yeah. super into it. But he was against Jeff Jarrett and not like cool Jeff Jarrett, <laughs> not like slap nuts Jeff Jarrett. Double J, the blonde mullet Jeff Jarrett. The blonde mullet. No, the mullet wasn't too bad. It's that weird like. So, his ring attire, yeah, his ring attire is like. It's like, what yeah. are you doing? Like, who let you out? Like wearing that, you know? <laughs> like, I I don't know. Anyway, so he wasn't married to Mrs. Angle yet. That was the issue. That's the issue. So there's a pan coming across the crowd, and we we've talked about how much we miss the crowds actually being decent, and there were signs, and there's a sign panning across here, and I swear to God, this is this is what it says. It's like, you know. Jeff Double J ain't he gay and I was eating lunch and I just <laughs> I I could I just start like I nearly choked because I was like this is hilarious and then I was like okay grand they're not going to they're not going to uh, acknowledge it on commentary and then Jerry Lawler's like well here we go this is they're, they're talking about it you know so yeah. what did you guys think of this okay uh, V yeah so The Rock never won King of the Ring yeah Rock never did I just noticed that I actually looked on my phone. I'm not gonna lie. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> but like, I, I, um, I would have thought that he did. But I wouldn't know. Uh, yeah, I thought he did because like you, those obscure winners like Billy Gunn won it one year or something like that. If I'm not mistaken, Ken Shamrock won it one year. Yeah, Ken Shamrock. Just year. obscure winners. I, but, I liked. I liked. By the way, that uh, the uh, Jeff Jarrett Ken Shamrock match. It was like your classic at at the time. Um, of that era, it was like a seven, eight minute match, but it went back and forth, you know, like the good guy or the baby face got his offense in a defense, the, the heel got his in with a little bit of help from the manager. And but that's they, what I, I think we're missing the, the art of the manager. Whenever well, I watch we're missing, the, the we're, missing, we're missing two things. V. We're missing the fact that the crowds are invested. Yeah. Like the crowds hated double J. Like, oh, they did. Oh, yeah. Really hate them enough to obviously make signs that in context are funny, but, uh, <laughs> you know, also out of context, you're like, oh, well, you'd be cancelled so fast, you know, nowadays. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, again, even not being there, right? King plays such a good heel commentator where he's constantly putting over Double J and he's, uh, uh, you know, giving out to the crowd for making their signs. Like, you're like, oh, wow, you actually really don't like Jeff Jarrett because of all these factors. Yeah. And then, as you said, you have Tennessee Lee there as well, yes. hyping up the crowd. And it's it's brilliant, you know. It, it, I think it's a combination of things. Because a manager 
doesn't really work if they're not given tools to work with as we saw now which is why he barely gets over this was a mm-hmm. good combination of things where he had everyone working with each other it wasn't like we talked about this it wasn't like the crowd trying to get themselves over like you'd see at Wrestlemania or something yeah. like that you know but um, yeah I, I missed the signs lads uh, I, I missed the old presentation of it but again like as I said if this was nowadays Twitter would be freaking out and everyone would be cancelled so yeah what can you do thankfully the WWE Network doesn't censor things because we would have lost that glorious moment if you I definitely gained uh, I definitely gained some respect for Jeff Jarrett as a wrestler in that time oh, yeah. period oh, and yeah. I could see how only four years later I guess is when he started TNA well wait was that 2004 well, whatever it was 2003 2002 2003 right. yeah okay, yeah, yeah so, so yeah, like he, four or five right, years right. later in my mind Jeff Jarrett was out of his prime but now as I look back I realize no he actually kind of was in his prime when he started that company Jarrett's Jarrett's prime I think was when he was with Owen Hart um, 1998 yeah. 1999 yeah. that's when he was really starting to get good and then he went over to WCW and got buried by the NWO so it's just like well right but he wasn't like somebody who was 50 years old no. and out of shape and couldn't go anymore well, that was like, the whole, I'm okay with him winning stuff well, that, was the, that was the whole reason why Russo pushed him during the whole New Bloods thing and that was the reason for his push I think he gets him fairly uh, he gets him fairly tired with a lot of bad brushes and again, this is WWE's fault because, you know, obviously the stunt that he allegedly pulled at No Mercy to get more money from Vince, allegedly. Uh, he was kind of blackballed until, what, last year when they finally let him back in. Yeah, they put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And he was in the yeah. Royal Rumble, if I'm not mistaken. He was, year. yeah, he was. But he wasn't there. Yeah. He was there as this version of Double J, not, yeah. not the slap nuts. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah, which to be fair, that's my favorite version of Jeff Jarrett. Actually, I really like that version. <laughs> of him. I think he's great. Uh, ironically, that's the yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, the Rock versus now here's the thing: uh, the Rock was heavily involved with King of the Ring this year, but it was a case of you know always the bridesmaid, never the bride. He had mm-hmm. a terrible match with Dan Severn. <laughs> Absolutely, like probably the worst match I've ever seen. I'm not gonna lie. It, it, there was just nothing. I remember this from 1998. I was like this is not a good match. I mean, and, and people were already bashing the, um, the rock for like a limited move set or something like that. Or he was only over because he's a third generation wrestler. Mm. But, um, that match did no favors. I mean, he was, I mean, but, but was Severn the, was not good at all. No, he was in I there mean, with Dan Severn. Like, it's weird. Cause this, this period as well, actually, do you guys remember WWF attitude, the game for the yeah. PlayStation? So I, I remember, I remember, no. yeah, I remember having the game and it took forever to, was it Attitude, I think? But it took forever to get it because it was supposed to come out in, I think, June. Mm. And then they waited until August because it was Owen Hart's, because of Owen Hart's passing. Yeah. It that took forever sense. to get it up and then they did these tribute things and, uh, and um, yeah. So thanks for the memory on video game nostalgia there. Oh, no, no. I, I remember that coming out distinctively um, because yeah. I, I, they gave us a, uh, a memory card a WWF memory card like it was pretty sweet oh, cool. uh, yeah it's it's pretty cool but um they must have developed the game at this time because it takes about a year to develop a game properly like maybe more but um it's because all the people who you see on this pay-per-view literally wouldn't be here by the time the game came out like yeah. Dan Severn is in the game too much are in the game Al Snow and Head there in the yeah, game head. <laughs> yeah as literally a head now and it's just, I, I wrestled his head once 
And it was just so funny because the voices. And I'm sorry again, but uh, oh man, what, what a game! What they should have done is they should have they should have actually had the Head and Shoulders bottle as the yeah. flow, and that would have been more fun. But yeah, that's just what something... a creative way to end that match. Uh, <laughs> but that's one thing that I noticed. I was like, oh well, okay, cool. This is to put it into context. So this was the the wrestling zeitgeist of that era. This is what we got, you know. So maybe we'll look at wrestling video games again in the future, Dave, because uh, they are fun. Um, yeah, I think we need to we, see you play on PC and I play on Xbox. So I don't, is there a way to cross-platform uh, 2K19? Well, if we're talking about old games, there's the magic of uh, for educational. Emulators. Well, for educational purposes, not condoning anything, but there are ways of doing it. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, dance ever not, right. dance ever not good. That's the the moral oh, of the story. That's the moral yeah. of the story. But, yeah. Maybe one of our shows we should play a couple matches, or maybe that'd be a special little thing. We I do. think it'd be a good idea. I think it'd be a good idea to go back and have a look. Yeah, nothing do not invite me for that. Do not invite me for that. My my time is real limited now. Yeah, you can pretty uh, I don't think I can set. I don't way, think so. I can watch a Dan Severn match. <laughs> 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 uh, to be fair, V, I didn't realize there was a Dan Severn match on this. I felt disappointed for all involved. But, um, no, that that tells you how much I forgot. It's like I remember The Rock making it to the finals, but I don't remember who he beat. And then I rewatched it literally yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, we faced Dan Severn. That's right." But he, here's who was in the bracket, right? So Vader, mm-hmm. The Rock, Triple, yeah, Vader was even in this. Triple H, like X-Pac, on the show, yeah. Owen Hart, Scorpio, D'Lo Brown, Dan Severn, Ken Shamrock, Camille, Kamala, Mustafa, Mark Henry, Terry Funk. Jeff Jarrett, Farouk, Mark Merrill, and Steve Blackman. So the actual bracket was quite good initially. It just kind of got whittled mm-hmm. down to some weird matches by the end of it. Yeah. You know, but, um, you know, I think a lot of people thought The Rock was going to win. And that was the whole. I did. But I that, did. Well, that's why The Rock was. was the, that's, what, sorry, that's what Triple H was there because his whole gimmick was he got beaten by Triple H. Sorry, uh, The Rock got. The Triple H got beaten by The Rock. And he, yeah. he was obviously putting that over during the finals. But um, yeah, so let's move on here. Too much versus Al Snow <laughs> and Head. So here, right? People, if people don't. No rem- on this. So people, well, if, if people don't remember oh, who Too boy. Much are, Too Much are too cool before they got a gimmick that worked. <laughs> so <laughs> well, they were. They were known as Too Much. They were known as Too Sexy. They were known as something. And then Too Cool came along, and obviously the rest is history. But this had Brian Christopher, who is Jerry Lawler's son. Yes, and Scott Taylor, right against Al Snow yeah. and Head, literally the the head, a mannequin head, yeah, a mannequin head. And the gimmick was that if Al Snow wins, he will get a WWE contract. If he loses, he doesn't. Right? Al Snow is the Heath Slater of 1998. Well, he's old. If I can, if I can intervene, Al Snow was really over in our area. Oh yeah, Wait, but like, he's over because it was that. ECW. <laughs> ECW was. ECW was pretty popular in the Pittsburgh area in 1998. So oh, yeah, when they saw sure, Al Snow and Head, I mean, you saw the crowd. They had these mannequin heads. Like, <laughs> like these they're, they're, they're directly from ECW, though, because they're the ECW ones. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. like, right. and there was ECW signs and everything there. So there was that big yeah. contingent there. Because for anyone who doesn't know, Al Snow was a WWE guy, but he was sent down to ECW to kind of, you yeah. know, I don't know, grow, farm, you know, because mm-hmm. that's what, that's what, that's how, why Paul Heyman got all the money basically because he was the farm territory without telling anybody um, and we yeah we don't talk about that because 
Supposedly, that's not true. ECW was never funded by WWF. Yeah, but that's a lie. Of course, it, it was. It's not the greatest lie ever told, but no. it's. Uh... <laughs> no, it's it's like yeah, but yeah. So that's why um, that's where Al Snow was, and he came back up, and this was relatively soon after his call up, wasn't it? I think a couple of months. Because he was having this, he was having this feud with Jerry Lawler. Now, for anyone who doesn't know mm-hmm. context, Jerry Lawler hated ECW. That was the whole gimmick as well. So that everything... was a pretty good storyline too, in, in my opinion. It was. I really liked how they. And they would... Lawler called it extremely crappy wrestling. <laughs> and would come back to it many times. <laughs> Any time they'd bring it up, he'd always, you know, stick to it. So yeah. his whole thing was that, you know, and it was kind of funny that his son Brian Christopher was involved too. But mm-hmm. I love the reveal that Jerry Lawler was going to be the special guest referee. Yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part of the, the whole pay-per-view, I think. Because just the whole reveal. What do you guys think about that? I know, well, I know, Dave, you have no, no, no reaction, but you had to enjoy well, some I, of it. I, I, will, I, will, I will enjoy that part of it. I will enjoy the fact that uh, Jerry Lawler made a comment. Because they never really directly confirmed that Brian Christopher is his son. No. But because of things that had happened on Raw's previous leading up to this pay-per-view where he had helped out too much, mm. Um, mm. he made a comment that said, I'm not going to be there to help you tonight. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, he's announced as a special guest referee. <laughs> It's just, it's so, like, the way they do I actually kind of love it, because it's like, if you know, you know, and you feel like you're part of this special mm-hmm. group. But it's just like, oh, aren't they a handsome-looking team and all this kind of stuff? And it's like, it adds so much to his healness because it's like, oh, you're such a you-know-what, and your son is also. You know, <laughs> so you already have this built-in <laughs> hatred, you know? But the, the match was very poor, to be honest with you, but... With, and it wasn't Al Snow's fault Al Snow can literally have a match by himself literally when he had the hardcore match with the table where he put himself through it it's fantastic mm-hmm. I think this solely lies on too much not being there yet you know as a as a as a, a unit and um, yeah like this the ending came right. like, yeah well, that was it like it was just they, right. weren't, they weren't there. there there was no real reaction with too, with, uh, too much mm-hmm. um like you can look at it now, but in 1998, it wasn't really an over group. I mean, Jerry Lawler was that piece that kind of made some people interested because, I mean, it wasn't in storyline, but I mean, everybody knew that they were uh, father and son. Yeah. And then just the finish was just one of the most bizarre and unique finishes I've ever seen in any kind of match. Well, um, people didn't get a bottle it. of head and shoulders. But that's the thing. Like people didn't ha- like. Yeah. If, here's the thing, right? And this is what I love about this show. If they did that now, yeah, people would lose their minds. Mm-hmm. There would yeah. be I'm canceling the WWE network. I'm never watching wrestling again until Monday. Yep. You know, yep. it yeah. would just <laughs> it would just be this over and over again. Compared to then, where people are like, you know what? That's actually pretty clever. Fair play. You know, and it's just that weird change of mindset where because the audience had all that goodwill, they could do crazy stuff didn't really make sense compared to now where they do crazy stuff that doesn't make sense and people are annoyed about it because it's like you put on a really good match and then ruined it you know what I mean compared to this which wasn't a really good match but it was kind of saved by the bizarreness of it it's it's a totally different mindset really within wrestling yeah it's it was weird. just it was just looking at a in a storyline or a talent standpoint it's like how's Al Snow going to lose this match mm-hmm. I mean yeah Jerry Lawler but then when he's just absolutely dominating these two this tag team 
all of a sudden you see like Jerry Lawler toss something to Brian Christopher and it's just like and then you find out head and shoulders. Oh, I see what they did there. It's so clever. It's so outside the box. That yeah, like, that's it, it was really definitely clever. outside the box. But what I like it about covered it, the shoulders. There it is. But what I, like, what I like about it is the way they did it because they both go for the pin at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you think yeah. Arsenal won. And to be fair, it, the way they did it was great because the pins happened at the exact same time. So that's how Arsenal was able to keep going. He's like, look, well, he did actually kind of win the match. You know what I mean? So that's everything made sense, even the most ridiculous stuff, because it was taught out. They had an overall booking philosophy. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, yeah, so really enjoyed it. Not a great match, Dave. I I thought you'd be all about this one. Um, originally I was actually mixing this up with the X Pac versus Owen Hart match, which I uh, thought was a garbage fire. Oh, that was I terrible. actually did love the gimmicks in this match. Oh, fair. <laughs> no, I don't blame. Sorry, you. Ireland. I got a little confused for a second. <laughs> I don't blame it. Yeah, the X-Pac on heart match was was actually because it was longer it was kind of worse than the Dan Severns match but to be fair I really mm-hmm. like X-Pac's music so I'm like okay. You know. This is we're hardcore into DX now. This is what I'm calling the DX yeah. segment where you have three DX matches literally right after another and you kind of it's weird that you that the DX team plays so much you don't get sick of it but they had three different variations of it so you mm-hmm. know it was alright but you know China. Yeah. Works three matches in a row for this too. So fair play to her. Hope she got Very paid bizarre. well. It's so Very bizarre. bizarre. It's like what were you doing? Where you're just standing there waiting for him to come back or something? It's like take a break. I mean, why but is no Sable one, no on one... the poster when China's? That's what I talked too. That's what I talked too. No one too. talked She's about this though. Sorry, go on. No one talked about the fact that China was actually speaking Spanish at the Spanish announce table. I like the that. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Huh? I was like, wow. I didn't know that. I mean, I don't remember that, but the, just watching it again yesterday, I was like, that's pretty impressive. But that's one thing that, that you brought up as yeah. well, Dave, right? <laughs> so uh, the, so the, the actual, like, poster make I know posters aren't really indicative of the show, but Sable is on it, and she's in the box with Vince, and she doesn't say anything. She doesn't do anything. She's just there. She gets her butt slapped, which would not hold she's... up to current... Uh... Yeah situations and then she, did slap she turns Patterson. around and slap yeah it's Patterson right she turns around yeah, and slap Patterson. Patterson so I thought the moment was funny and I also went they could never do this nowadays they could never do it they could no, never they do could, it in today's society they could never do it in today's society <laughs> it's just not a thing that, 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 that could happen you know I mean I personally want to see the uh, Kiss My Ass Club return as well while we're on the topic like Why that is something I personally enjoyed oh no I, I've, I've reached my uh, don't my see it during movie. COVID yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> um, and demonetized. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, okay, so look, this match was what it was. It's a shame because usually all heart matches are a staple of quality, but this just wasn't it. Yeah. it this was the pee break, I think, because it was the only match that, while it had, it, it had some heat. It was X Pac heat, so nobody really cared. Yeah. They just wanted the match to be over. But the New Age Outlaws. Then had a wait match. before you before you jump to that. I have yeah. a question. Knowing yeah. what we know now, yeah, yeah. Um, and what happened to X Pac? I guess oh my gosh, it was like three years ago when he went for a Bronco Buster and literally split himself open in the process. Yeah, does it make you cringe? Because it makes me cringe whenever I see him do the Bronco Buster back in the day. No, not really, because he was always super flexible. You know, it was never really a problem for him to actually be able to do what an odd defense. No, well, here's the thing, because the, the, the main reason why he split himself open was because he just couldn't do it anymore. 
He, yeah. You know, that yeah. that was it. It was literally just he goes old and he's doing a move which you have to be relatively flexible to do and he split his his area up. It's really hard. Well, I mean, there's to, a know. reason yeah. that AJ doesn't do the spy, uh, the spiral tap anymore. Literally, I mean, yes. He says, Same reason. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I okay. think the last time he did it was like 2013, if memory serves. Yeah. And even he himself said, I don't even remember how to do it. Yeah. And then I saw somebody in NXT do it the other day. So I guess... Like it all it all depends, you know, when you get older, um, you can't do certain things. And I suppose as a worker, there's certain things that you if you build your career around them, you're gonna have to kind of roll back. So look at Austin. Mm. Austin, you know, and these are totally different things, but he used to be a much more technical wrestler and then as mm. the injuries took on he Absolutely. had to adapt and change to it. So, you know, it's mm. just a shame that X Pac wasn't diverse enough to be able to go or didn't get anything else over, that's a better word didn't get anything else over where people expected a Bronco Buster and ended up, you know, with his guts falling out of his, his area, you know? Well, it's the Petey Williams syndrome. Is that his name from Team Canada? Did I get that right? Yeah, Petey Williams. Mini, mini, Petey okay, Williams. William Scott's where ahead. he said, you know, the Canadian destroyer put him on the map, but at the same time, people would never get invested in his matches until they saw that move hit because they knew these matches are not going to end unless he at least goes for it or hits the Canadian destroyer. Yeah. So it almost uh, derailed his career there. Yeah, literally. Like yeah, I know. Like... I, I can definitely vouch what Dave said because uh, I actually saw uh, Petey Williams in an independent event um, after he hit his TNA departure. And uh, we thought, oh, he's going to do the Canadian Destroyer in our little independent area in Pittsburgh. He didn't do it. He, yeah. lost, he lost the opening round match in the tournament. Oh, well. and, uh, and he didn't even do the, that thing. And um, I don't know if Chris Saban was in that one too, but, but that's a, for a different story. I, I noticed that that was on your background last week there, Dave. Or was it Saban or was it Shelly? I don't know. Uh, well, I have one of Saban as well, but Shelly was, was yeah. chilling with me last week. Yeah, so that's basically the, the moral of the story. The best thing about this match was Xbox team music. Um, the next match, the New Age Outlaw. Oh, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just dare so mad. He's looking at the clock going, stop it, Dave. But I really miss video packages where this you is actually it. got this to is see what I, yeah. people's stuff. Yeah, this is it's actually, not just for yeah. effects. This is what I actually what I wanted to bring up before we got to the Austin match because that actually is okay. a very, very, uh, very uh, profound point about this. The actual presentation of the show is so much better because you know what's going on. It's not mm-hmm. just a random video package that makes no sense. It's okay. like like here's what happened on Raw. And then they show you what happened on Raw. Here's what happened two weeks ago on Raw. And you're like, all right, cool. He ran into that. So everything has a bit of weight behind it. It's not just random crap happening, pop music. Right. But I'm even talking like the Titan Tron themselves. Like nowadays, it'll just come up and say, I am phenomenal, which is great for AJ's debut. But it doesn't show then clips of him doing Springboard. Oh, you missed videos. Yeah, I mean the actual interviews. Now it's more about focusing on the lighting and the the graphics. PFO dollar sign theme songs that they've created. Uh, Yeah, I miss that Mm -hmm. too. I'll be honest with you. That's one thing that I really wish they didn't do. You know, the actual, what's it, the highlight reel of stuff where you see them doing it. Because Um, if you're in the crowd and you see those kind of things, maybe you're not familiar with the wrestler, but you watch the Titan Tron, you go, oh, wow, he's associated with these people. He's had matches with these guys. And look at all the moves he can do that I might see in this match. So I think it it helps you get more um, ingratiated with the product, actually. I was going to say the exact same thing when you mentioned it, Dave. And um, it's just when you see them making their way to the ring, just see logos and signs and 
are you really invested? You see that little video package of like, for example, Steve Blackman. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was so basic, but you see him doing like, you know, his uh, MMA stuff. And that was exciting because I'm like, oh, this is what I'm expected to see. If you don't, if Steve Blackman appeared down the ramp today, it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. But, it's, but it's the same thing. With but, yeah. Ken, it's the same thing with Ken Shamrock, like the most You're basic right, thing in the world. But you get so invested in it. And I think it's, I don't know when they fully transitioned from it, but, mm. you know, I think the last person to really have that kind of stuff would be CM Punk. So maybe the past five years is when they moved mm. away from it fully. But yeah, I massive, like the whole video music thing with WWE, they need to really kind of take a step back and go, right, what are we doing? And how can we kind of go back a little bit to fix it? Because you're right, two ways, they're just, the presentation is a bit off. Um, I enjoyed the new Midnight Express because they're hilarious. Uh, I always forget it's Bob Holly, and I'm like, oh my god, it's yes. Bob Holly. Bodacious and bombastic, or whatever it is. Bodacious Bart and bombastic. Bodacious Bart. Yeah. Oh, I, wow. I love that. When I realized I was um, a Bob Holly with long hair, I just I loved every second of it. I mean, there was a big downside. Cornette was in their corner. True. But other than that, yeah. Um, but this was, and I've noticed this like in an like when I was doing a little research. This was the last. Um, pay-per-view match for that nwa uh invasion that really, really wasn't anything yeah yeah okay because I, I thought it was i thought it was unforgiven but i think this was after unforgiven because i think in like some kind of nwa live event um yeah. the new midnight express dropped the titles oh wow i don't know to who but um but yeah they 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 had like maybe a match or two left on weekly tv but that was it i mean that Man. was the end of like the invasion that never was really for like almost a year <laughs> or they, two they got absolutely just the new age outlaws were just so over and nobody not they one, were not one person cared who the new midnight express were nobody cared you're just like yeah we don't <laughs> right. even know who you are go away you're absolutely right uh yeah but it was it was great you know it was great to see new age outlaws on top of the game um the match itself was pretty decent though to be fair yeah, it was fun was pretty good. i thought uh, it was good and also China as well was made her second appearance. Now, uh, Ken- ridiculous. <laughs> Wait, you, well, one thing I want to point out is whenever people make their top ten list of great guys on the mic, you know, you've, you're always going to have Rock and mm-hmm. probably Austin and CM Punk and Roddy Piper, etc. But everybody always leaves off Road Dog, and he is one of the best at getting the crowd like pepped up I know it's basically the same thing each week well, here's but oh my gosh can he jive off the top of his head but the thing about it is a lot of what he says couldn't get over today no way but that's not be a lot of cancel it would be a lot of canceling yeah a lot of a lot of canceling today yeah and in the same with the godfather like they were gimmicks of their oh, yeah. time that just would not work today so it's like yeah <laughs> uh, but it makes sense cause, you know it's like you're taking away you're taking away a great tool that wrestlers have and, you know, locking them into these confined things. It's, it is what it is, you know, but it's why you're able to go back and really enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, moving moving on to the next match is the King of the Ring final. Ken Shamrock defeats The Rock with Triple H on commentary. What did you think about this match, V, um, going into it? Did you, did you think it was decent? Uh. Did you... I thought it was decent. I mean, it was kind of like when you when I was watching it. I mean, in 1998, the King of the Ring was still kind of a big deal. Right. 
and uh, to see like like I think The Rock was at the time kind of like up and coming but kind of like the IC champion the people's champion um, I thought it was a decent match um, but I thought it just went a little longer because both of them it just seemed like it was like so limited between the two of them like drop kick spin kick clothesline clothesline maybe a maybe a submission hold I did we did see the people's elbow we did yeah. I had the corporate elbow wasn't it yeah, or no, it wasn't the corporation. Wasn't then. It was still oh. the, it was like the like a I don't want to say nation of domination, but it was like the nation. Right. And See, Owen was kind of like an associate member of that, but that was um what I like. I liked how I quickly think, the rock tapped out. Yeah, they, yeah, that they was that was quick. Yeah, I remember I remember it being very long, like like really dragged out, but then a very quick ending. But the and rock, it was kind of clean in a way too. But the rock was a heel mm-hmm. at this point, like a hard heel. Are you so, making a pun because it was an ankle lock? No. I wish I was. No, what I'm saying is it's like everything he did made sense. So, mm. you know, doing the people's elbow made sense because people hated him, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to do this horrible move to make fun of you. Um, but also tapping out to preserve himself. He wasn't going to fight through it. He was like, look, I can move on from this, you know? Um, so I, I, I think it adds realism to it. Those, because if you have an AMA, an AMA yeah. If we're on Reddit and we're doing an AMA, no. If you have an MMA guy who puts a hold on you, whether it's Brock Lesnar putting on the Kimura or Ronda Rousey putting on the armbar or Ken Shamrock putting on whatever the heck that was called, um, they should tap immediately because if they hold that for 20 seconds, your bones will snap in half. The tendons will pull apart. And we forget about that in the showiness of wrestling. And it's sometimes why MMA, MMA, I, I forget it, it's sometimes why UFC fans have a difficult time coming in and enjoying wrestling because they see submission holds and go, oh, well, that's nonsense. This is how you get out of that. They're not even putting pressure on the right place. Well, I, to- yeah. I totally see that. I totally see that because um, uh, recently I've been starting to pick up and watch UFC now. And um, because there was one fight, I think four weeks ago, it was just outstanding. A lot of submission, like a lot of escaping. But yeah, usually when we when I watch it when I've been watching UFC, like if there's a submission hold within thirty within ten even ten seconds, they're done. Yeah. But in wrestling, like you'll see that that ankle lock go for like a minute and then they roll out and then roll back into the ankle lock again. It's like hmm, now I see why people are like like UFC or mixed martial art fans are like disassociated with watching pro wrestling because it's just not believable. Well, it's one of the things that I remember as a kid why I hated Kurt Angle using the ankle lock because I love Ken Shamrock always have yeah, and okay. his ankle lock looks so real Kurt Angle's mm-hmm. ankle lock never looked real and I'm just like oh it's just it, it always kind of, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way like you go back and watch it it just never lo- and obviously Kurt Angle's legit as you can be but for some reason when he did the ankle lock it just never looked good it always looked like he was using Ken Shamrock's move wrong so I was like, oh, it, it's nice to be able to go back and enjoy this period of Ken Shamrock. Because you see, yeah. you get the best work of his career from now until about, until he leaves, 1998. His feud with Steve and is coming up soon. It, it's going to be a good time. But, you know, it's just, it's a bummer because they should have done more with him. He should have been a world champion, in my opinion. I was uh, going to ask you, if you don't mind me asking you, do yeah. you think this was like the peak of Ken Shamrock winning the King of the Ring? Yeah, in WWF, yeah. Uh, it shouldn't okay. have been. That's what I thought too. It shouldn't have been. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the best run that he had, and it's it's a shame that never went anywhere beyond the IC belt. But 
we talked about this once the radicals came in and the talent pool went up the space for these because you get to see this in the undercard here like lads like Dan Severn and too too much they're gone that mustache man that mustache (laughs) yeah but they're Mm. all gone because you don't need them (laughs) you know you you start bringing in the the real workers of WCW and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. it just Mm -hmm. it just puts them away you know Um, but to wrap things up here so we have the main event Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin so first thing on this right Kane comes out in a full body thing right mask and everything Austin comes out in his jocks and I'm like why listen if I'm having a first blood match I'm walking out in the hockey pads (laughs) and a helmet and everything what were they thinking like it just makes no sense well, and I love that Kane, because usually he would leave one arm exposed, yeah. and he was like, not tonight. Tonight I'm putting both arms in full sleeves. Like, Seeing it gloves. live, we had seen it live, like my group of friends, when they went, when I was a little bit out there, but I was still catching it a little bit. When I saw that, I'm like, Kane's being the champion. There's like no way to address that anymore. No, I don't think there is. And I got to say, props to Paul Bearer. Like you were saying before about how we don't have really great managers anymore. I mean, there's a handful, but to see somebody who's entirely dedicated to being a manager, he thrived in this role. And I think we may have forgot. He did kind of like a kind of a promo during the event, like how he's like something about the undertaker and Kane's going to win this. Kane's going to be a champion. I'm going to be so proud of him. And, yeah, because this was the and, still yeah. that Paul Bear is the dad thing. So he's like, my yeah, son this was gonna walk out of here. And he, it was almost a Paul Heyman-esque promo for Brock Lesnar that he gave for Kane. Where he's yeah. talking about being the, un, he might have even said undisputed, but like saying he's going to be the WWF champion and mm-hmm. things like that. I just thought that really hit the nail on the head for what they needed to do. Yeah, and and gosh, the match itself. <laughs> match itself. A lot of well, brawling, a lot of brawling. A lot of run-ins. A lot of run-ins, and and it was. I know you're you're you you hype up Russo, but man, oh man, that was like a totally vintage Russo ending to a to a match in itself because it was just um, oh gosh, what was it? Uh, Mick Foley comes out like you mentioned after being pretty much near death. Uh, he's coming out, then the Undertaker comes out, then he then the Undertaker takes out Austin. I think Undertaker was the one that hit the chair shot that made Austin bleed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He bleed. was yeah, going, like, I was going to say juice Austin by mistake. Right. And yeah. Or something like, yeah, because they, they hit the chairs together and then there it was. And then, then the referee's still on the ground. He douses him with gas. I'm like, what the heck? I don't remember. I know. I didn't know there was going. I knew that came one, but I was like, are they going to write? And then the match like, just okay. kept on going for like four or five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was like, there the was referee's still laid out. It's like, I mean, the commentary JR was just, over the top it was awesome his commentary was awesome well and i loved it how is. they started pouring the fire everywhere the fire they started putting yeah. gasoline everywhere and as we all know kane's big finish to matches is that he sets the ring down then on fire so in my right. head and even when they did the intro for this match and they had uh the fi- the, the the gas cans set up around the ring post, yeah <laughs> my thought was what if kane's pyro like makes one of those explode like, well, see, I think a lot of that was worked. I don't think that was real gas. No, at all. I, I, I don't think so either. You know, come on, Dara, suspend your disbelief, man. Well, what I did like is that the oh, <laughs> I did like is the they opened up the show surrounded by gas cans. 
You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like, yeah. for example, like we talked about this last week, Dave, with the eye versus an eye match. You know, they should have had paramedics around the place. They should have had yes. like an eye doctor or consultant or yeah. something. None of that. Right, it was right. just like, at least this, you're like, you know what? Maybe this could go bad. You're able to suspend your disbelief because they didn't insult your intelligence compared to what we saw last week, which was just, this is just hokey and fake. Mm-hmm. You know? But, yeah. um, yeah, so some background to this, right? This match, um, it was part of the feud with Austin and Kane. Um, mm-hmm. So Undertaker became the number one contender. Kane defeated Undertaker to become the number one contender. And at Over the Edge, he had actually, Austin had defended the belt against Dude Love. Mm-hmm. And then, it was, you know, uh, Kane wanted to have the match as a first blood match. All right. And the only way right. that's the way the match the match would end. And if Austin won, Kane would set himself on fire. Which again, they didn't really go into. It was just kind of like, all right, we'll add to it. But they did like a whole blood thing where they opened up the match, and they, uh, you know, they had Austin drowned and stuff like that. It was it was a cool build to it. But again, like on examination, it didn't really make a hell of a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, but it was still a good time. But it, was good. it was a good, nice brawl. Did you <laughs> nice guys, brawl for a main event. I, I, good story. I, I do like One thing that I, I know you're kicking us off, Derek. No, but no, I got to no, say, no, no, no. Um, two things that I learned. Well, and I've kind of touched on this already, but yeah. you skip this with the Ken Shamrock match. The Rock simply is not a good wrestler. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible. No, The Rock <laughs> has never been a good wrestler. He's never been a good wrestler. No, uh, he's not. He's terrible. I think I that's why I didn't Austin, like the... I think that's why I wasn't really totally invested in the King of the Ring final because The Rock was was subpar as a wrestler. He was charismatic. He was energetic, but right. as a wrestler, it was just he was very very limited. He's Extreme. one of the best sports entertainers of all time. That, yeah. That's unquestioned. But I would now, no, not never put wrong. him on it's the just... Mount Rushmore of wrestling. See, this is it, Dave. Right. Like, is this the first time you've seen this pay per view, or like a lot of these shows you didn't actually watch? Yeah, this was the first time I actually mm-hmm. saw this. I had seen. Uh, the Kane Austin match I'd seen Undertaker versus Mankind but everything else was completely new to me you see that's the thing you know it's something that people forget it's like The Rock is not good The Rock was never good but the difference was he was charismatic he was over Mm -hmm. his promos were off the chain I really like him as an actor but it's the same problem I have with Cena but Cena at least could go he just didn't have to The Rock couldn't go but all the main matches he had look who he was in the ring with he was in the ring with someone who'd either half killed themselves to make him look good Foley or the game or Austin you know guys who you can't have a bad match with you know so that's one thing that you know going back and watching this stuff in it's time it really does kind of show up like Ken Shamrock was a great wrestler but he was an MMA guy who transitioned to be a wrestler Mm -hmm. he wasn't a pure a pure wrestler and you see actually the match that I best compare Ken Shamrock and The Rock to is Ken, uh, you know for comparison Kurt Angle versus The Rock a couple of years later mm-hmm. and you can see what The Rock could okay. do with a professional wrestler in Kurt Angle that's true because The Rock was not just mm-hmm. in charge of his own moves he also had to make Ken Shamrock look good and yeah. and he did I mean those uh, oh, spinning did. leg kicks that yeah. Shamrock yeah. threw I loved yeah. yeah and look it, it's, it's no shade to The Rock but He's very limited, and it's kind of a credit to him that he was able to do what he was able to do with those moves. And again, yeah. though, here's the thing. Things being different, The Rock trying to come up now, very hard to do. I mean, he's got very the size, he's got the look, 
which is very important. But look, I'll, I will always cheer for anybody that can kip up. I, I think yep. it's the most amazing thing in all of wrestling, and I can't do that with my body. <laughs> so I love seeing it. Yeah. And I think the crowd does too when it's not overused. But don't get me wrong, you know, I, I uh, since The Rock has been away from wrestling, I've actually appreciated The Rock more and more every time he's come back. And obviously, mm-hmm. as an actor, I, really, I will always go see a rock movie. But it's the exact except same. for that, except for that little Royal Rumble where he came out to try and get the fans on Roman Reigns' side. Ah, uh, yeah, but no, nobody could. Yeah, get, yeah. yeah even nobody. Philly booed <laughs> the Rock out of the building. They're yeah. like, "You're not tricking us, WWE." <laughs> yeah, it's not happening, you know. It's, and, it, and the Rock just looked like in absolute disbelief when he was getting that reaction. Like, <laughs> it was, it was literally, you know, that bit from The Simpsons where they throw all the the pretzels at Whitey. Yeah. yeah, it was literally yeah. Like I just thought that was the, they're throwing pretzels at the rock and called them Rocky Whackers. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, look, I, look again. The 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 first blood match. What pulls me out completely is I'm like, right, Austin. We know you have jeans and a t-shirt. Why aren't you wearing them? And you know, Dave, we've talked about this in the death match that you do it for respect. <laughs> but this was the death match. Yeah, one, lad, the death one, match. Lad, one lad was covered up from head to toe. It just made no sense. It's like, no, what he did like is the fact that Austin is bleeding on his back and they're like, oh no, he needs Doesn't to really count. bleed. And his, like, his <laughs> back is cut open. He's like, no, no, that's not it. It needs to be. But you can actually see when Taker comes out and hits him with the chair, you can actually see yeah. him like properly blading. And you're like, yeah. oh, this looks awful. Like, it really didn't do itself any favor. But as a kid, you didn't know that. But watching it now, you're like, "Yep, there he is. Look at him go." Yeah, I knew it. You know, yeah. it has to happen at some point in the match. Yeah. So as soon as Austin gets hit with something and goes down, my eyes immediately like, "Where's the gig? Where's the gig?" He goes down. <laughs> he goes down, and the way he's doing it, his hand is moving. You're like, he is cutting. He's he's going to town. Like, yeah. but to be fair, no one bleeds as well as Austin, except for Triple H. But no one does anything as good oh, as Triple H. So it's just like. That's how we're ending the show. That's how we're ending the show. Some more, some more praisers. I, I, I thought you were going to say Ric Flair, but then I'm like, oh, wait, he's a Triple H guy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Ric but, Flair uh, did have the ability to turn the Crimson Mask into a Crimson Headdress as well. So I think that's, that's worth mentioning. That's I mean, fair. all Ric Flair had to do is just like pull his forehead a little bit. And, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cringing. Sorry, <laughs> listeners. But to be, I'm cringing at this discussion. To be, to be fair, though, all that goodwill for Ric Flair was done when he had his when he was rolling around on the ground with Hulk Hogan in TNA mm-hmm. in Australia so you know that's that's another we'll story, that that, story. That, we might talk about that because that's ugh, is there works. a DVD to be found of that because I would love to review that with you one day I'm pretty sure there is if not you can get it by other means but we, if there's appetite for that guys let us know in the comments below and we'll uh, we'll look into that but V you want to thank you so much for coming on the show it's been an absolute pleasure it's it's an honor. It really is to come back and uh, see the two of you again. Now virtually, I mean, we we've always talked on the radio, but yeah. never like seen each other. Yeah, so it's, it's weird. We, we we you know I think we've talked about this a bunch of times, Dave. That I think we were a little bit too early, maybe like ten years too early before the 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 wrestling podcast boom or such. Mm-hmm. So we said, right, let's just do a video now and add some different dimensions to it, you know. But um, yeah, is there anything you want to plug before we let you go? Uh, I'm just a a phys ed teacher now, so there's not a whole lot to plug. Um, I, I'm on Twitter at the Mr. V. That's never changed um, it, since since the teachers' lounge days. Um, uh, I thought about doing a, a couple articles in wrestling, but I mean, I'm now I I have two daughters, and it's they're pretty much consuming my life. 
Fair. So um, it's it's few and far between. But you can follow me on uh, at the Mr. V. Uh, I'm pretty active on Twitter. Um, that's pretty much all that I can plug. Right Sorry, on. I'm pretty boring that way. No, that's all good. It's all good. <laughs> Not at all. And Dave, thank you guys. And, and you like to oh yeah, you can plug. I'm gonna do this wrong every week until I figure out this down 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 here. That one. That's the one. That one. That mean, yeah. Follow at the Dave Stevens on Instagram. You can see me juggle and fun things that will also help you get away from the craziness of this world. I mean, it's my same handle on Twitter, but don't follow me on Twitter. Yeah, don't, don't follow. Do don't don't at Dave on Twitter, except for please, do. Please do, do at Dave on Twitter about Triple H. I don't. Do. I don't want you to at me about Triple H. I go on my phone and I check notifications. It's like, oh, Dara is in conversation number fifty about Triple H this week. Fantastic. <laughs> Super thanks, thanks, Sheriff Lone Star, for getting me into this. <laughs> what can I say? What can I say? You know, I wake up, I'm like, oh, more people have been converted to Lake and Triple H. It's going to happen. Um, happening to me and slowly. that and that is the goal of this show. The stated goal is to make everyone appreciate Triple H. But anyway, oh. if you guys like what we do here, please subscribe. That would help us a lot. You can click the subscribe button, click the bell, all that good stuff. We have a lot of shows, um, pretty much every day dropping, and we're live at least twice a week here on Twitch and YouTube. And of course, you can go over to Nerdtown Media for all the shows. So, for my two co hosts, I'll see you next week, guys. Bye.